0: To swords and Corsets podcast, where we talk about writing in the world of romantic fantasy. We are Angela, Carissa, Jen, and Crystal, and today we're going to talk a little bit about how we got here. So, my name is Angela Board,
1: and hello to everyone. Um, I am the author of Fortune's
2: Fool, um, and Carissa. Hi, uh, I'm Carissa Broadbent, I wrote the War of Lost Hearts series, um, and also recently released The Serpent and the Wings of Night, which is kicking off a whole new series in vampire fantasy world.
3: Um, And I'm Jen, Uh, I write under the name J.D. Evans, and right now I'm working on a series called The Mages of the Wheel, the first of which is Reign and Ruin, um, which recently won SPFBO7, which is cool. You're <laughs> selling agenda. <laughs> I am. I, I'm i amazing at selling things, if you can't tell. All right, <laughs> yes. Crystal.
0: It's all you. Okay. And my name is Crystal Matar and I wrote the Spiffbo Finalist Legacy of the Brightwash. So we thought we would start by explaining how we got here, um, which was very confusing and chaotic, which surprises no one who knows us. Angela and I... Thought about putting together this podcast um, nearly a year ago, wasn't it, Angela? Yeah, it's been a long time because,
1: you know, like
0: <laughs> Cause it a, takes us forever. It's a, well, you know,
1: down. it's like big ideas and then, then you have to actually yeah. do them. And then real and then, life. That you're right. There's life and books to be written and all that stuff. So it took a while.
0: Yeah. Here we are. So. And the reason we wanted to do it was just because there seems to be so many questions um, in the book world as romantic fantasy as a genre um, becomes more and more visible or popular or something. Like, I'm not sure what it is. I don't know why I didn't know about it before, but um, we're here now and I really like this community. So what I was hoping to do was put together something that helps bring us all together Um, in spite of and because of our differences under kind of a unifying idea um, that helps us market ourselves and um, reach the audience that wants to find us. Um, As far as publishing goes, like I said, I, I didn't really know about romantic fantasy as a genre and I used to think that you had to kind of do one or the other. Either you wrote a fantasy book and it didn't have any kissing in it um, or you wrote romance. Um, And maybe it's because I wasn't super online. So I was only relying on bookstores. Anyway, when it was time for me to um, launch my career, I didn't want to have to choose one or the other. And I thought I was being really clever and unique, but it turns out there's, an amazing crowd around me. I didn't want to have to choose one or the other. So I brought them together and, and the story that I was writing was really dark and I just, I didn't want to do it with just the darkness. There had to be hope as well. And for me in my personal life, hope came from love. And I wanted to write that story um, in the fantasy world Two and thus, Legacy of the Brightwash was born and revised heavily, and then revised again, and then published. <laughs> um, how about you, Angela? I know you had a similar thing where you didn't really know what you were choosing, but you knew it had to be both.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because, well, well like I. I have been writing for a really long time. I, you know, like I started when I was a kid and the, the stories that I wrote as I, you know, got older, you know, as a teenager and then, um, the ones that sort of turned into the books that I was going to write later, always seem to have a kind of romantic flair to it, but, um, at that time, and I and I don't even think it was like a conscious level of thought, as you know, like this this genre is here, this genre is there, or or whatever. The books I was reading were like library books. This was kind of before YA, so it was like the library actually had a really good SFF section, but it was like this is SFF you know? So it was like science fiction and fantasy and they were all put in there and you would just go down the shelf and just read the books, you know? But I, I kind of started out in fantasy reading like Robin McKinley and The Hero and the Crown, which which is a very romantic, like now it would be shelved as YA and it has a very romantic, you know, that's like a huge part of the book. And, and I, I think a lot of, people who kind of got into the romantic stuff around like you know who are about I don't know like in my two started writing kind of the same time I did kind of that was a seminal book kind of for a lot of people and um, so when I started writing fantasy it was kind of like I those the characters just sort of Happened together. When I decided to publish fantasy, though, I was afraid at first to acknowledge that it was romantic because I conceived of myself as writing like epic or historical fantasy first. And in those circles, there's a lot of like, you know, right now, a lot of, um, there's a very vocal group of people who. Are like, well, I don't like romance, I don't like this, and I and I wanted a lot of people to to read my book, and so I was like, well, I, I don't know, I think it's epic, I think it's uh, fortune's full, is epic or historical, but it's a love story, so how should I get people to read it? And what happened after that was really kind of nice because I decided, it, you know, like you give a book that has a large, you know, like that the relationship is a huge part of the plot. And of course you can't hide the romance. Like anybody who reads it are like, oh yeah, there's a romantic relationship in this. So, but what happened when I put it out there is that readers are like, oh yeah, there's a romance in this. And I actually really liked it. And that gave me more confidence as I was going forward. So when I you know, Crystal and I started talking about the podcast. We were like, Well, hey, you know, like all these people, like we had people coming to us who were like, what is romantic yeah. fantasy? And we're like, wouldn't people, it be kind of fun? Wanna, yeah, wouldn't it be kind of fun to do a podcast and talk about this stuff because it's yeah. what we like. So um all right. So uh, Jen, what about what about you? I know that I've yours is your journey's probably
3: different than ours because you much write more deliberate a bit than ours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> than we do.
3: <clears throat> I've I've bamboozled you all. Um, no. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's similar but slightly different. So I've always loved fantasy. I grew up reading um just I just really gravitated toward things with some kind of fantastical element. Um and I just was always really interested in the romance, like it was often the tension of the romance, even if it was barely there, that drew me through a book, you know. And um, I started, ri- I don't even know, I started writing, <clears throat> I don't, it was probably like 9, 10 or 11, somewhere there. Uh, we had a Tandy 1000, which Angelo <laughs> Probably knows what that is. Yeah, and I know it's talking or not Chris. Chris, I don't know. I don't know that Chris does. We love you, Chris, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I had this program called Bank Street Writer, and it was a blue background with white letters. Oh wow! And yeah, the old floppy disk, like the big, the five and a quarter. Yeah,
1: order. oh yeah, the, yeah. I had those eight and a quarter. Dot matrix printer.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. All that <laughs> stuff. God. Yeah god we're old anyway um i also wrote in notebooks you know and it was always romance stories i'm pretty sure i was writing werewolf romance before it was a thing so you're welcome i invented that um anyway (laughs) i was writing like disney fanfic to be honest i think oh Um, yeah
0: fanfic
3: yeah, so I, I actually yeah. never wrote in the real fanfic community, so I'm not going to speak to that, but I would see something in a movie and I would, like, write a story that the way I wanted it to go. And anyway, so I knew
0: I... With more, I more kissing, I, or...?
3: <laughs> um, yeah, that's what it was, Chris. was kissing. Um, <laughs> so,
0: anyway... Um, I
3: always wrote epic stories... Um, but the romance was like the big part of it. And I thought I was a freak. Um, because I think if you come to fantasy romance through the epic fantasy route, um, yes, you, you get the very distinct feeling that your hugs and lingering looks are not welcome. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah. so I didn't know what to do. I was like, I have to pick. I have to write fantasy or I have to write a romance, but I can't do both. And then somewhere yeah. in there i discovered um you know indie was starting to swing up when i was really committing to writing and um i discovered grace draven i was like holy are we allowed to cuss
0: oh <clears throat> yes
3: please oh, yes. okay like so holy, and this isn't even bad i was for gonna you. say holy <laughs> shit yeah
0: <laughs> how so, are we gonna get shit, this is what I want. yeah yeah
3: so this is what i and i loved her and i thought she was a goddess among writers, and I'm still a huge slavering fan of, of Mrs. <laughs> Dravens. But anyway, um, I was like, Oh, people read this. And then I sort of swam through Facebook and discovered there was more of that kind of thing. And I was like, okay. And I, and that's, you know, how I came into it. So, but I was also, I also read a lot of contemporary, a lot of paranormal and a lot of urban fantasy. And um, so that really colored the way I structured my books which we'll talk about another time but so i came into it through essentially the romance community um which is very vocally supportive of this kind of thing so i came in a little less a little less hanging my head but um (laughs) my route through Spiffbo definitely (laughs) left me with some bruises so anyway that's uh that's how i got here carissa how about you
2: so, uh, I realized this is not the first time that we've kind of talked about this casually among ourselves. Um, and in this moment, I had a light bulb moment as to what the key difference is between the way I came into this genre and the way all of you came into this genre. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And we can get ass backwards accidentally.
2: <laughs> well, I, I think everyone gets everywhere accidentally, you know? Yeah. Like, that's like that's life. That's true. But <laughs> I came up through young adult. And mm-hmm. I have a whole spiel that I will try to compress like as much as possible because I don't want to get too in the weeds, but I think that romantic fantasy as it exists today, like in today's market and today's book world is a big evolution on what young adult was 10 years ago because young adult Uh, fantasy, right? That's, that's where all the character driven fantasy was. And that's what Mm -hmm. I was reading, you know? And that was, like, the heyday of YA fantasy, like Hunger Games, like Mm -hmm. Throne of Glass, like all of these big epic YA fantasies that were, number one, aimed at at a female audience. Number two, were usually more character and emotionally driven alongside their, like, epic fantasy plots. And then number three, um, had usually a strong romance component to them. And then um, there was this whole issue where a lot of adult women were reading young adult fantasy because of those aspects because they wanted like emotional character driven fantasy with romance but that was all being shelved in YA but then they wanted sex so that everyone was like what do we do and then there was a bunch of pearl clutching about like young adult books or books being shelved Mm -hmm. as young adults having sex in them see A Court of Friends and Roses you know several years ago like so anyway Um, that's kind of how I found myself in this genre because I was like young adult when that whole heyday was happening and those were the books I've read and (laughs) (laughs) sorry guy I tried to phrase it like you know in a way but
3: (laughs) this is is why Um, I had
0: no idea it was happening because 10 years ago I was reading mysteries and thrillers I was well, you, you, had the, you had to be on the you
2: had to be on the young adult shelves to really yeah. like
3: catch the wave. <laughs> but, well, and I think, go ahead, Chris. I didn't want to interrupt you. No, no, no. Go ahead. Sorry. All I was gonna say was I think that that you know you could talk it up to age, but basically, like um, a lot of us that grew up and the heyday of things was say, um, like I, <clears throat> the Scottish fantasy. Oh. Highlander romances. That's, you know, when I was really reading and getting into romance, Outlander had right. just happened like the the yeah. the books, not the show. <laughs> and um, right. and, you know, I was reading Dragonlance and Tamra Pierce, and these were big epic fantasies. And there was maybe a little bit of romance, but it was the kind that we often complain about where, you know, somebody gets fridged or whatever. But I absolutely 100% agree with you. That route through YA makes a big difference in what YA contributed to the fantasy romance scene.
2: Yeah, I think it it ended up being... Like, a lot of what we're seeing right now, I think, is, like, the ripple effect of that, like, YA heyday. So I was never shy or embarrassed about having romance in my fantasy. Actually, I had the opposite thing, where my very, very, very first very bad book, you know, that I wrote as an adult... Um, had very little romance in it. And I decided I needed to write more romance in order to like appeal to what people liked about my genre, which at the time I thought was young adult fantasy. Um, and then it wasn't until I wrote, well, first of all, I was like a bad writer, you know, at first, like we all are the first the f- first <laughs> couple of times. Um, so I had to like learn how to write a story that people actually enjoyed. But as part of that, I also decided that I wanted to write about, like, you know, by the time I wrote Daughter of No Worlds, which is the book that made me successful or successful-ish, um, I was in my mid-20s and I didn't want to write about teenagers. So I <laughs> I decided I wanted to write about grown-ups and I wanted there to be sex. And at that time, yeah. you know, I was reading, I think what really brought me into it was, like, I was a big fan of Sarah J Moss. Um, and I had read A Court of Mist and Fury and it like completely blew my mind and I loved it so much. And I was reading a lot of those books that are in like in trad, no man's land, like new adult, but what I would describe as romantic fantasy. And that's how I kind of found my way to this world. And there's, what I love is that there's such a, an enthusiastic readership. So I never really had that like shame thing around romance until I entered Spiffbo and then I was a little bit nervous about it but it turned out great I mean honestly Mm -hmm. I I mean Jen had a little bit more of it because your book got further than mine you know so it it had more (laughs) visibility on it from an audience that was not maybe poised to appreciate the romance
3: aspect right
2: but I would say overall, it's come really far in the last few years. Yeah,
3: I I was very impressed with how fair people were when mm-hmm. they were reading a book that they wouldn't normally pick up. You know, I honestly nobody was nasty.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I have had a mean, when good they
3: experience with that too,
1: like better than I expected, yeah. to be honest. Exactly.
2: Yeah. 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 Right. So I think that that. So that's like how I ended up here. I think it's very interesting that we ended up with this group of four people because I think we were kind of reflect like the major quadrants of how people end up in romantic fantasy, you know? Yeah. Like Yeah.
0: We come from from all the walks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then we which segues really nicely into the next point of how confused we were um as we were coming together trying to figure out the umbrella that holds us all um, and where we fit in and whether or not we're our romance is actually all that different from one another and we filmed a very long and very chaotic episode trying to define what brings us together um, and we failed and then after the recording session was over Carissa you came up with those three pillars um, that were articulated so well because after things are done is the best time to come up with really good ideas. <laughs> um, Not it's revision.
1: Really... It's like <laughs> what yeah. revision. It. revision.
0: Yes, <laughs> exactly. That was the first the the first draft. We've trashed it, <laughs> and now we're into our nice clean revision drafting. Um, and for a while i was worried that for me personally i was worried that i wouldn't count that i wasn't romantic enough to call myself like i thought i was more on the outskirts which is where all the confusion um really started it's like am i am i romantic am i um grimdark fantasy with a dash of sex or like where am i and so um That's where your pillars were really helpful. Um, And that's where we learned that we have more in common than I really realized, even though i read most of your books and Jan, I've started on yours. And it's like, but somehow I still saw myself as other. But those pillars that you came up with um, really brought it all together. So I'll let you launch into them because you explain them so well.
2: It's like the one and only time I've ever been articulate. So let's see if I can do it again. Oh, I night.
0: don't know <laughs> I, I, I call bullshit. And I think Jen just did. Seconded. Too. Oh, thank, thank, thank Motion you. Motion carried. <laughs> right. Okay. So
2: inflate my ego before I launch into these three defining tenets of yeah. romantic fantasy. Okay. Right. So and if it's
0: really bad. We'll cut it out and you can try again.
2: <laughs> Great. I love it. So we yeah, like Crystal said, we like struggled with this because I at least for me, like I feel like I know it when I see it,
0: and it's yes, very it's, it's hard to like. It's the to, obscenity like, rule, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, the you know it. I know it when I, I, see, it, it, when I but, see it, but I can't define it.
2: Yeah. So number one is that the romantic relationship has to be critical to the story. So it does not have to be the core plot, and that's something I see people trip on when I try to describe yeah. this to them um it That's does not have to be the where I going on, on. right yeah. like but it needs to be critical meaning that if you remove the romantic relationship completely the book as a whole kind of falls apart now that doesn't necessarily mean yeah. that the that certain external events do not happen the same way it just means that the book as like a story like a unifying work does not hold together without that that romantic relationship
0: um, and then, if I if I can cut in, um, mm-hmm. what tripped me up there specifically, just to give examples, was that I was imagining um, the plot without my romance element, and those beats would still, in fact, happen. Right. But mm-hmm. what what I what you helped me realize was that actually, the main character's character arc is dependent on the romance. And if we took that away from him, there would have been no growth at all. And so it would have drastically affected the plot. Even if them coming together wasn't necessarily an external plot beat that we needed to resolve the murder mystery, it was still vital to the story as a whole because of character growth. And, and that, what a coincidence
2: that, that you say that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because that that is the second player. Yes. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like the the romantic relationship is almost always like I, I hesitate to ever use the word always, because I think there's it never, you know, but almost always the romantic relationship will be key to that character's emotional arc and healing whatever their like internal wound is, right? So even if it's not driving the external plot, like you were saying, Crystal, like if a murder mystery would still get solved, even if these two people don't bang, maybe this guy, you know, like his internal arc would not have happened that way. Um, So usually and then like offshoot of this is that one of those little like I know it when I see it things is that romantic fantasy books will almost always put a great deal of emphasis on emotional arcs in general, like more so than your typical SFF. Um, And then number three, which is I feel like the squishiest of all of them. I feel like for a book to be a romantic fantasy, it's got to be written with the intention of being a romantic fantasy. And I don't mean that necessarily the author like knows the term romantic fantasy and is set out to do that but they wrote the book for an audience that appreciates romance which with a certain gaze to it so that means that those are jen's lingering looks and long hugs the way that they use tropes the things that they choose to emphasize in their their writing the moments that they choose to pull out for their marketing or the things that they choose okay. to linger on um all of that kind of adds up to like a book that's written for a certain type of audience. And that's like people who like kissing basically.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this is where specifically I think of Angela's book um, a lot. Um, Because Angela, for you, the, the romance is, is very deeply a core um, where, you know, Kira is looking for someone and I don't know if you wanted to, yeah, yeah, often to that.
1: Well, that's right. And I and like I said, I, I, I thought of it as epic fantasy first, but it really it like, you know, as you were talking, I'm going, yeah, that it fits number one. It fits number two. And in number in the in the it, it is interesting because it I don't feel like it's like a romance. However the romance is basically the core plot it's a love story so Kira's looking for um the man that she loves and people have told her she's he's dead and she doesn't believe them and so she's gonna find him and then you know the lots of complications happen but um (laughs) All but, the plotty bits. All the plotty Things bits. Things go right. badly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she kinda makes mistakes. But um but and then number three, the with the the uh, the romance appreciating audience and, and what I was saying is you're writing it unapologetically. So when it's mm-hmm. that's for people who like me were coming into it from the more fantasy direction. So okay, I'm writing an epic fantasy. I'm, you know, but they're going to bang damn it. Right, exactly. I'm like, you know, I've got this badass, you know, woman. She's like disguising herself as a man and she's doing she's a mercenary and she has a metal arm and she would still really like to have a life together. You know, she wants to have love and family and, and all those all those things. And, you know, I'm going to use those tropes, the, you know, injury and they fall asleep together tropes. And I like those, you know, (laughs) it's like, I don't (laughs) want to apologize for them. I'm going to put all of them into the book that I possibly can because I like reading it. And that was kind of when I got back into writing because I took a big break from writing. For a while I had a bunch of kids and stuff and when I got back into it I was like you know what I'm gonna write the books I like to read and those are the books I like yeah. to read I really like those tropes so I don't see why yeah. you know I'm not gonna like not put them in my books
3: yeah write the books you like to read
0: right. somebody
3: yeah. else wants to read it too
0: yeah, yeah and it's like <laughs> we we have to read these books so much to get them ready for publishing Why why pull punches why why do it in a way that we won't enjoy why not go all out and mix all the things that we're passionate about thank you for joining us at swords and corsets podcast you can find us on twitter at swords and corsets you can find me specifically lurking um, and probably being inappropriate on twitter at crystal madar um or you can find me at my much neglected website crystalmadar.com jen where can we find you
3: Um, I am pretty much everywhere as J.D. Evans Books, (laughs) um, all the social places. Uh, The one exception is Facebook, which is J.D. Evans' author, but I'm there. I'll see you around.
2: I am also generally around the internets, um, usually under Carissa Broadbent Books or or on Twitter at Carissa Nazira, I believe. But if you Google Carissa Broadbent, you can find me pretty much anywhere. How about you, Angela? Um you can find me at,
1: on Twitter at Angela Board and my website is angelaboard.com and that's pretty much where I am.
0: Thank you for joining us and we'll see everyone next time.